0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Don't up the Ship Podcast, this is episode 127. Uh, and today I'm talking to my dude, Troy. Um, Troy is a uh, retired uh, HMC uh, re- pretty recently. We talked a little bit about that, uh, his adventures in the, in the Navy and backstory, but also uh, what he gets into uh, nowadays, which... Uh, is working with an organization to combat human trafficking, which is a super interesting story. And then he, he created his own nonprofit as a result of that experience. You ever been walking through the Navy Exchange and wonder why all the Naval Pride and Heritage gear is horrifically ugly and you wouldn't actually wear it? Have you ever wanted some really cool gear and you just don't know where to go? Well, I got you, fam. Go to dgutsapparel.com immediately. Get yourself some Naval Pride and Heritage gear you'll actually wear in public. Uh, we're working on new designs all the time, open to ideas. We're trying to create a brand that uh, lets you display that pride, but doesn't make you cringe. Uh, also, if you're willing to and you're able to, please go to patreon.com slash dgutspodcast. Pick one of the five tiers and become a patron today. Um, and it's, it's extremely interesting and super fun to get into. We got, we got into a bunch of other stuff, talked a lot about leadership, uh, culture inside the cheese mess, stuff like that. Um, unfortunately we had a glitch with the service that I used to record the podcast where the video is not available. I got like the first 11 minutes. So you saw that one reel earlier in the week, but, uh, unfortunately we got like 11 minutes of the almost two hours of video. So there will be no YouTube video. Uh, the, I, the only way I could get it up is there's a backup file that's super pixelated and really low quality. So unfortunately, I think I'm just... Unless I can figure out a way to recover it, which it's not looking good, um, you, we won't be seeing this one on YouTube. So I apologize for that. Um, but it is a really great podcast. And I know how you most of you consume it historically is via audio anyway. So uh, I really... Uh hope you all enjoy this. Check it out. Let's go. All right. I, I can always edit, man. I can always edit. <laughs> <laughs> I got you all fired up and lathered up before we even. Let's worked. fucking go. <laughs> all right, man. So let's uh. we'll start with the with the um the bio stuff and then we'll just get into it. But like provide whatever background that you want yep. to on who you are and what you did, and then we'll go from there.
1: Okay, cool. So my name's my name's Troy Ushofer. I was a twenty year Navy Chief HMC Greenside type. I just retired this past march twenty fifth um, I guess the the thing that i I love to talk about the most when it comes to to service is the lineage from which I come from. so okay, yeah. I was born in San Diego, California in in mm-hmm. Balboa Hospital. Every nice. male you chauffeur has been a squid. Grew up on 32nd yeah. Street, like the whole nine, man. Yeah. So my my grandfather, my father, all of my uncles, my male cousins have all been in the Navy, and a couple female cousins. Nice. Um. That's awesome. But in, I, I had that, I had that desire coming out of high Ooh. school. Unfortunately, your boy was a lard ass. Right? <laughs> so and the, the real unfortunate thing about that yeah. is that my name is Troy. And you know what you know what rhymes with Troy? Fat boy. Uh, so I grew oh, up with Fat Boy damn, Troy, Fat right? boy.
0: <laughs> boy. That's rough. <laughs> and,
1: fat Fat Boy Troy. <clears throat> and so I graduated high school and I had even in, even in my yearbook, bro, it says yeah. uh his goals and ambitions post graduation is to join the navy and I went to maps and they're like you're fat. <laughs> like, Bruh. I know that, <laughs> but I yeah. still wanted to try. And un- yeah. unfortunately, uh, my life deviated for about seven years. I didn't join until oh, I was wow. 25. So I'm 45 right. now. And, uh, what, what got me, cause I ended up getting married, having a couple kids with my wife and I ballooned up to 340 pounds.
0: Damn.
1: Legitimately fat boy. Try. Right. I am. Yeah. And so, 9 11 happen, happened, 9 11 happened, right? And the country's mm-hmm. right in that huge patriotic wave yeah. and uh, still wanted to do something, but not not enough to lose 140 pounds. And uh, mm-hmm. I remember seeing old W on TV in March of 2003, and we were yeah. going to go and we were going to go yep. conquer Iraq yeah. because of their role in 9 11 and all that good stuff, right? And yeah. that did motivate me. And in August of '03. I enlisted. So okay. your boy here in his career has been all three uh, zones of what you can be in the Navy. I have been a reservist. Mm-hmm. I, and that's how I joined. I joined as a non-prior service reservist. Mm-hmm. And I joined as an SK. So for those newbie cameras, uh, sailors we out there, that would be your old school... Yeah, man. Ticker. Oh, yeah. Exa- exactly. <laughs> We're talking supply, right? Yeah. And but but me, I wanted. I was, bro. When I tell you, I was that cliche wanna be high speed, low drag. Like,
0: mm. I don't
1: care that I'm an SK. What's the coolest thing everyone I can do? Is.
0: <laughs> when you're an 18 year old dude, yeah, right? Military, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to be Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm freshly joined. I only
1: could get SK, according to my recruiter. Shout out, Chief Han. Uh, (laughs) And I took the SK. I went to boot camp. And he said, look, if you want to deploy, which is what I wanted to do. I didn't want to be a a weekend warrior. Uh, Not back then, anyway. I I wanted to be an IA. And so I learned to speak a little bit of posh, And that ended up getting me an IA. I ended up IAing to Iraq and Kuwait. I went in support of OIF in 0506. And then I got IA'd with Provincial Reconstruction Team Coast in Afghanistan for 15 months in 07-08. And while I was there, my wife's like, look, man, if the Navy's gonna keep you know mobilizing you, why yeah. don't you just stay active? So I put in a package in Afghanistan, yeah. got approved went active, and then I got offered to go FTS. So reserve, mm. active, and then FTS, which is now resorted back to TAR, I, whatever the hell. Everybody knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. So you're still okay. active duty, but yeah. you're in support of the reserves.
0: <laughs> right?
1: Um, so that, that, I was an SK, right? And I went to my first active duty command after Afghanistan, and they're expecting a seasoned SK 2 Nah to this point I
0: been doing I've SK never
1: things. not one day worked. <laughs> what the hell's an NSN, bro? Uh, like I'm uh, I'm not tracking at <laughs> all. And so <laughs> I'll never for, forget, man. My career counselor, CMC, they set me down to like, if you're gonna make this a career, and mm. and I did. Uh we, let's get you involved in something that you enjoy. Well, with all the deployments, family members being former fmf corman i'm like i would love to be a corman put in a cross-rate nice. package and in 2009 cross-rated a corman and then went to fmtb nice. and ben greenside sense hell yeah so besides um, that yeah. uh, what the others
0: <laughs> there's a delay sorry like i can hear it a little bit but yeah
1: yeah i noticed i noticed
0: um yeah so like the uh I'm curious, like, so what do you because you because you before for the people that don't know, like before we started recording, he's telling me like he's in a tiny house village somewhere sitting in a tiny house. So like, tell me about like, what are you doing now? Like, what do you like? Let's get into like the the how you're spending your time and and the adventures you're on post uh, post retirement.
1: Yeah. So, so everybody that's listening, I need you to take a deep breath because it, in order for me to give context on what I'm doing and where I'm sitting and why I'm sitting here, mm-hmm. you have to listen to a story. So grab your popcorn, oh, yeah. grab your water, <laughs> and just relax for a minute. All right. So I was stationed in Pensacola from 2010 to 2016. During that time, I was looking for to get my first MOVSM. So my volunteer service medal, right? And I started working with an anti-human trafficking group in Pensacola, Florida. Now you got to remember this is 2010, 11, 12 timeframe. No one's talking about human yeah. trafficking. That is not even a term. And the only time I had heard of it was when we did our annual tips training. Remember that online yeah, trafficking man. in-persons yeah. training you had to do as a GMT?
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: So I, so I started ridiculous. getting I involved in that doing and volunteering. Yeah. 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 I'm gonna tell you why yeah. here in a second because it does become relevant, right? All right? So I did this work. I did and it was just and it was just superficial work, right? So it was mm-hmm. advocacy. I would do, you know, a little bit of trainings with small groups about what it is, how to recognize it, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2016, I transferred to an artillery battery on the West Coast. And we get linked up with another anti-human trafficking group. And that is about the time that that term, Jeffrey Epstein, those things start elevating that topic a little bit higher. Yeah. So I got to work with some other groups doing a little bit more with anti-trafficking work in the Denver area. So I was stationed at Buckley Air Force Base with Quebec Battery 514. So I was their medical chief. Okay. And... I did that work all the way from 2016 to 2019. So in December of 2019, both of my children, so I have two sons. By the way, my wife, Tiffany, and my two sons, you told me to give a biography. I didn't even mention my family. I'm an asshole. So I've been <laughs> married 25 years. My wife's Tiffany. I have two sons. Uh,
0: yeah. Hell yeah. I'm never going to hear the end of that. Uh, you you, so you covered. You got in 2019. 2019- had to correct you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're right. I screwed up. So in 2019, I uh, PCS'd to Utah. So Mm -hmm. there was a reserve LAR unit and both of my sons graduated high school. And so Mm -hmm. they remained in Denver as adults. They're 18 and 19 years old. My wife and I are finally empty nesters and Mm -hmm. we go to this base in Utah in December 2019. So i don't think i have to remind everybody what march of 2020 was like like the world turned upside down yeah so my my wife and i are in a new duty station three months in my kids are away from the house for the first time still back in colorado And before I go any further, I want to say this, and I know there's a delay here, so you don't have to respond and I'll dive right into it, but I need people to understand that what I'm about to say, like this is a dark story and I need you to know that there will be a happy ending to this. So just what this tragedy has done has kind of evolved into something beautiful. So, so bear with me and walk this story out with me. Right. So we get to March, 2020 and, uh, my son, my youngest son, who anybody I talk about in this story has given me full permission to tell this. I've told it a million times. I've been on a lot of podcasts. I just got back from doing vet TV uh, nice. on non-commissioned news. I told our story just a couple months ago. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was a it was a wonderful experience. They brought me back out home to San Diego. So that was great. I got to have some burritos and roll tacos.
0: Nice. Yeah.
1: So, my youngest son calls my wife and I about the second week of the lockdown. So we're about mid-March and he is driving 75 miles per hour into oncoming traffic. He was calling to say goodbye. Um, and we were like, what the hell is going on? And we we talked him off the ledge figuratively mm. and literally, right? Yeah. Got him somewhere safe. Um and he started probing questions like, son, what is going on with you? Tell us what's happening. How can we help you? Right. And there were many things that were discussed that day. But the thing that leads into why we're talking about it now was we uh, learned that when we were stationed in Pensacola, my son had been exploited um, while he was in junior high. So, as a father, right? So imagine hearing yeah. that one. Already, mm-hmm. you're crushed. Yeah. Okay. Two, you're the human trafficking child exploitation guy that gives trainings. Yeah. I'm the guy.
0: Yeah, you. Would, and it was ha- it happened
1: yeah. under my own roof. Man, damn. So, so my wife immediately packs up her things and drives to uh, Colorado, picks him up. And our family, our home, all of our resources, our support system is in Pensacola, Florida. We still owned a home there. And so my wife and I, when we when we became empty nesters, decided to be minimalist. We sold 90% of our shit and we lived in a tiny home in Utah. Nice. Like, we're, And when I say a tiny home, I don't mean a, a home that's tiny. I mean like the ones you see on TV, right? Mm -hmm. and so she picked him up she couldn't bring him back to the tiny house so they came to pensacola to start Mm -hmm. getting him counseling support and resources that he needed so quick reminder this is march of 2020 worlds Mm -hmm. in chaos no one's moving that includes the military pcs orders were paused it was a wild time bro and so my first sergeant and i'll I'll never forget the support I had from my command, right? So I'm there Mm -hmm. for four months. I tell my CO, my XO, my first sergeant, this is what's going on. And my wife picked up my son and they're now in Florida for an undetermined amount of time to get him help. And my first sergeant recommended that I put in for HUMS orders. And so for those of you that are listening that aren't familiar with that, a quick 30,000 foot view is HUMS orders is short for humanitarian orders. And it just means that your family has some egregious emergency that your physical person needs to be relocated no matter how much time is left on your set of orders. And you're not actually gonna fill a billet. You're gonna go and be connected to a command and be allotted a certain amount of time to deal with that emergency. And I was like, first sergeant, are they going to, like, no one's moving right now. Like no one, they're not allowing any PCS orders to go through. And he's like, tell them what's going on. Miss Peggy in in Memphis or in Nashville, rather, uh, who runs that shop. I love her. I appreciate her. Um, I talked to her. And I told her the story of what was going on. There had to be some supporting documentation. But because of, and I won't go into the details here because it's not important, but because of the egregiousness of the situation with my son, the Navy signed off. They Mm -hmm. cut my orders two years, seven months short of completing and allowed me to PCS to Pensacola in May of 2020.
0: And when I say that trip
1: from Utah to Florida, Listen, I'm, I'm probably going to say a lot of things that during this podcast that are going to be come across a little crude about the Navy. And that's because I have 20 years in and there's a lot yeah. of experiences in there, bro. but I'll yeah, forever, the, forever I'm, be fucking grateful to the Navy for what yeah. they did for me.
0: Hell yeah. Yeah. I, I go hard in the paint sometimes too, man. But like, yeah, I'm for, I, I've been for the last whatever, 10 months or something. Like I don't work, man. Like I'm a hundred percent disabled. I have a master's use pension. Like, I'm effectively getting an active duty check to, to breathe. And I get like, I'm doing the VR and E thing with school. And it's just like, I, I can't even, I, I, I understand what I gave to, yeah. to earn these benefits. Like the, they're very much earned, but also like when, it, when you like contrast that against the, the context of like the rest of the world, like I understand a, how like just lucky I am and how like, I just have the craziest life now where I'm just like, I'm just so grateful for it. And like, I still have, you know, still have bad days, still have a lot of uh, of shit to work through, but like, man, like I, could I be in a better position to do that? Like it's, it's insane to me. Like I'm so, so benefit. Like, so uh, yeah, I'm just lucky. man. Like it's crazy.
1: So, I totally understand. So I, like I said, I just retired March twenty fifth, and so I'm kind of I've maneuvered into that that way of life as well. And and it's just Mm. crazy, and I'm very very grateful. So so there's your there's your flowers, Navy, because I'm gonna come
0: with some fucking (laughs) (laughs) bats
1: later. So I'm I'm gonna break some shit later, but uh... I'm just (laughs) getting. So I I moved to I moved to Pensacola, Florida. I'm there with my son. I'm able to attend every one of his therapy sessions. I'm able to walk through this with I'm able to go do my own therapy. Don't get this Ooh. twisted. This this Oh yeah. It's taken Hell, yeah. me a long time to get to this point where I'm talking yeah. with you about this, but you're you're going to learn like I promise I will land this plane in a minute and it's all <laughs> going to consist of why I'm sitting in this tiny house. All right. Okay. And this tiny house in southern Alabama, that is my current okay. location. Yeah. So when I was in Pensacola prior, I ran a very lucrative um outdoor fitness boot camp. It was kind of my side hustle when I wasn't working at my command. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I needed to do something more to bring attention to this epidemic of uh uh Child abuse and sexual abuse and exploitation and human trafficking. And so, what I did is I restarted this boot camp in July of 2020 in Perdido Key, Florida, which is part of Pensacola. And I did it for free. So, I was a very expensive personal trainer. Like, I went yeah. to school for it. I knew my shit. If you would hire me as a personal trainer back in the day, you were going to pay for my services. I did everything for free. And the way that people would pay me is I would bring in 501c3s and other nonprofits and NGOs in the area at the end of the week that would talk about their uh organization and their work in the world of human trafficking and exploitation and train these moms and dads and kids that would come to my boot camp and tell them how they could get involved that's all I would do that's cool and uh you have to you have to while while Florida did have more laxed rules and laws um, regarding, you know, being outdoors and social interaction, people were clamoring to be somewhere. So this is the summer of 2020 and it went all the way to January of 21 and it blew up, bro. And I, I mean, there were a lot of people that came. During that time, so I, that I have a friend, his name is Brad Dennis. He's a retired Master Chief CT type. And he is based out of Pensacola, Florida. Or I say based out of, he's retired there. He's in his 50s now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but he has been working. He does search and rescue for missing and traffic kids and has been for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he came to the boot camp. He's As far as I'm concerned, bro, you're going to see a lot of people claim to be the subject matter expert on this topic Ooh. especially on social media especially now in 2023 human trafficking is a, right. a big buzzword Ooh. and that man is him that man yeah, is yeah. the expert in my opinion like he is he is an, an amazing amazing man so long story short he comes to the boot camp does his training for all the clientele there for his organization and then asked if I would like to get involved with his search and rescue team. Hell yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, they needed a they needed a medical guy on their team. Like I said, so uh, FMF Corman, um, and I couldn't I couldn't jump on board quick enough. And he and he's brought me on, and we can get into the details of that, you know, and what we do travel in the country because that's what we do. We travel the country working with law enforcement. And I make sure I always say that we work in tandem with law enforcement. We're not a vigilante group out here pounding our own chest. This isn't some self-serving thing when it comes to the kinetic portion of quote unquote, rescuing a child that is all done by law enforcement. We do the Intel gathering report, writing, surveillance, reconnaissance, all that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, But we learned during that time when we started working with Brad, I keep saying we, and I mean my wife and I, my wife came in and got involved as well and started working as a case manager. Uh, We learned, we learned like, we try really hard not to use the word rescue when it comes to this line of work, because what we've learned is when a kid is found and we're able to get pulled out of a situation, that is truly just the beginning of what is about to happen. And rescue kind of has right. a finality feel to it. Yeah, yeah. And so like we learned addict. that a lot of time. Right. Every yeah. dude, anytime I do a training now, like I, it's gotten to the point where NAS Pensacola has brought me into Ooh. their commands to do their trafficking in persons training in person now. Okay. Um, but I'll always start off trainings with this question. I'll say, when I say the, tra- and I'm going to ask you, we're going to play a game.
0: All right. Ah, I like games.
1: When I <laughs> say the word human, when I say the words human trafficking or child ah. sex trafficking, what is it? Your mind's eye pictures.
0: Uh, child sex slaves. I mean, like, uh, I mean, I, I, I guess like the, cause I don't have a lot of like, depictions to like because i you know i'm not involved in it like you are so like the only depictions i'm really aware of are like yep. maybe some new stuff but really like movies and stuff so like the movie taken where the daughter gets grabbed and they're like selling her as a virgin <laughs> and all that like it, in my mind it's, that's it's it that but like yeah that's the only context i have so yeah something something to that effect
1: I was hoping that that is where you would go because my example (laughs) always is. And 90% of the time when Uh, I call on a sailor or Marine on NAS to do these trains, I say, what is it you picture when I say child sex trafficking, they will say a scene from the movie taken with Liam Neeson, right? Yeah. (laughs) So here's, here's the, here's the deal. Those things do happen absolutely Mm. unequivocally. However, the majority of these types of cases are happening right down the road with little Susie who has an uncle that needs to pay off a drug debt or, or this isn't something going, this isn't something going on in a faraway land. It's not something that's only happening in Hollywood. It's not just Jeffrey Epstein. It's happening on every level of social classes. It's happening across all races Mm. everywhere. Right. So I kind of went off the the rails there a little bit. So while we were learning about how things happen, so you go from pulling somebody out, they'll go into what's called respite care. So that's like Mm. a 48 to 72 hour safe house where a full physical is done and Mm -hmm. find out what resources are needed and kind of formulate the game plan of how are we going to help this individual? Yeah. Then they'll go into possibly like a state certified safe house. This is where you get the in-depth counseling therapy and security of your lodging. And that typically will last six to 18 months, depending on the person. Right. Here's the problem. We have seen so much, with recipe, no, Not we've seen repeat victims occur so often, even after completing all of that very difficult work. And what we've learned is the key element is vulnerabilities. And what I mean by that is a lot of survivors of human trafficking, sexual exploitation are either incredibly financially struggling come from abusive relationships, are hungry, uh, homeless. And so what will happen is they'll complete all these programs and they'll do this needed work for therapy and counseling and what have you. However, they still don't have a skill to get a job. They still aren't financially stable. So I say all that to say, we're going to land the plane, buddy. It only took me like 30 (laughs) minutes to land this thing.
0: It's all good, dude. What,
1: What my wife and I (laughs) <laughs> what my wife and I decided was on the back end of a state certified safe house. So, in that links of chain and getting somebody healed to the best of their ability, we sold our dream home. So, I told you we kept that home in Pensacola that we ended up moving yeah. back to. It was in Perdido, and it's next to the beach, 3,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. How it it fell into our lap as a short sell back in 2011? It was way beyond anything, and I was a second yeah. class when we bought it. Uh, it was be it was beyond anything that yeah, I felt yeah. like I was qualified for. Beautiful home, <laughs> and in and in uh, April of 2021, we sold it right at the height feet, of the housing dude, market. At damn. least in that, yeah, cleaned yep. up. <laughs> And the best part is my wife is a financial guru. So we didn't owe that much on the house. Mm. We took that money. We bought 21 acre plot of land, still close to the panhandle. I'm about an hour outside of Pensacola, but I'm Mm. like right now where I'm sitting, we are in the sticks, bro. Like the sticks sticks. Yeah. And the reason for that is, is we bought a 21 acre piece of raw land yeah, and installed power, septic, sewer, yeah. wells, and have built a tiny house village and started our own Hell nonprofit. Yeah, it's called Change Unchain, and yeah. we house survivors of human trafficking. And I am actually sitting. We have multiple homes here. Uh, we're we're still in the midst of building the next one, and we'll yeah. get into. I can tell you how people can get involved much later. <laughs>
0: Uh, but the
1: young lady that was living in this home, she just moved out last week. Uh Um, and that's why I'm sitting in this home because my wife is at our personal tiny house with all the dogs and I wouldn't have gotten a word in edgewise (laughs) without the dogs licking my face. So that, that is, that's kind of, that is very glossing over the last few years. Um, but I'm going to kind of pause there and, uh, and we can we can chop that up a little bit if you'd like.
0: Yeah, dude, that like so weird. Weird side note: I'm obsessed with tiny houses, and I've been trying to get my wife to do it for a long time because we don't have kids. And I'm like, I, and at the height of the housing market, I was like, we, we could sell this house for a preposterous amount of money and just buy a tiny house of land and just like have do a it. bunch of money in the bank, dude. I I I'm trying to get her to to like. We have two dogs, and she's just like, "I don't want to be in a tiny house with two big dogs," and I'm just like, "Ah," because we wouldn't have any debt, and like, we can. Brother, best brother, I need, so,
1: like, <laughs> I need you to listen to me. I need you to listen to me because we're gonna. You don't s- gotta sell me, dude. <laughs> and, and is your wife? No, no, no. Is is your wife there?
0: No, she's uh at a nail appointment or something. Yeah, she's 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 got a day off, so she's doing some self care. Okay, so so I. I
1: want to. I want to give you some hope. So I, <laughs> in, in my marriage, I was your wife in this scenario. Really? Four years okay. ago, there is no way in oh yeah, bro. I had a room in my thirty five hundred square foot home that was dedicated mm-hmm. all to my San Diego Chargers stuff. Ah. Like I now live in uh. a two. Go Bolts. Go Bolts, baby. Bolt up. (laughs) So (laughs) my wife has been wanting to do this forever. And finally, Mm. I got to the point when I remember I told you when we moved to Utah, that Mm. that PCS between Denver and Utah is when we sold all of our stuff and moved into our first 300 square foot tiny home. Um, But because of having to go on hums orders, we came back to a big home in Pensacola. Right. But I want to tell you. Yeah. So I was your wife in this scenario. We have three dogs, six uh-huh. cats. Damn. All, of the do- all of the dogs are inside dogs. Now, mind you, yeah. the, our plot of land here is called the Burn It Down Ranch. Okay. And there's 21 acres here and the animals are outside during the day. Mm-hmm. But at night, we are all comfortably in our 250 yeah. square foot home. That's yeah. the size of our personal home. And right. if people go, it, I, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. So I have a thousands of walkthroughs and ah. guided tours and and advice on how to become a minimalist and tiny living and homesteading on my TikTok. There's a sure. little bit on my Instagram as well, but TikTok is kind of where I'm at the most. And it's just my full name, Troy Ushover. So okay. our current tiny home isn't the, isn't the kind that's on those television shows we did the yeah, thing like where the- we got a shed from Lowe's and I converted it.
0: Oh, shed to yeah, I've sued, I've been into that too. Like I I'm in a Facebook group called Shed to House or Shed to Home or something like that. And yeah, same same thing. Like I I would prefer the one on wheels probably, but like I'm just like dude, I my wife is like I uh, just like come on, man. Like it, it, you'd have so much freedom.
1: Don't give up. I won't don't give up. (laughs) Don't give up. And I wish, I wish my wife could come in here. She's up at our tiny house. So the one I'm sitting on, this is called the Gabby house, all the different tiny. So we have four tiny homes on our land. Um, This current one's called the Gabby house. This is a tiny house on wheels, but my wife, she, she was getting, uh, she lived my lifestyle for so many years, like she was a military spouse, right? Yeah, yeah, and I finally got to the point to where we had credit card debt, I have a house payment, I have two car mm. notes. I'm now a chief in the Navy. Mm. Why am I not fucking happy? Yeah. And, it, and it was because of all this debt, self-incrued, mm. and I needed yeah. to find an off ramp from this race. And I was at a point, in a vulnerable point, at that PCS from Colorado to Utah that I told her, fuck it, let's do it. I yeah, regret yeah. nothing. We, yeah. have, we have been debt-free for two years. Uh-huh. I'm now retired. I know we own the we own the land. We own our home. We own our vehicles. When I say we don't have debt, yeah. I don't mean that in the way it was, oh, he must have a credit. I don't owe anybody anything and it's so freeing
0: yeah i did that when i retired like we refined the house and uh i paid everything off and like i still like (laughs) owe way less than it it would sell for today but like um because i was always like frugal like i was always trying to avoid debt but it didn't work all the time you know like you want a car i don't have 40 grand laying around so you incur some debt, but like now I don't have any, like we own our vehicles. We own everything except for the house. And I'm just like, man, what, like, I don't even, it's not that I I have debt so much as I don't have the freedom to do everything that I want to do. Like I want, Like fuck you, money. But I don't want. I don't need to be rich. I just want to have money to like. If I want to jump on a plane (laughs) and go somewhere, I can. Or I want to. We want a road trip. We can. Or we want to do whatever we can. And we're not worried about spending the money on like just infrastructure. Essentially, like I'm just living in a house that's too big for us, and it's not a big house. It's only like a 1300 square foot house, man. But like it's still. We don't use most of it, and there's just stuff that we could get rid of that we never touch. And yeah, I mean, like I just it would be a lot easier like you're saying like the i think the adjustment would be incredibly easy and we want land like we want to be on 20 acres in the middle of nowhere and you can't do that and get a a 1300 square foot house like i'm I, it's a million bucks i'm just like i can't That's but correct. i could park a tiny house on land in the middle of nowhere and then eventually we make a well and eventually we yeah you know i mean like i could do it off grid and like you just have Money, like I just the amount of money that I bring in every month to breathe right now would be so we'd feel rich, you know what I mean? Like, with having such a low cost of living, like, yes, it'd be insane.
1: So, that's ex- you, you just explained yeah. my wife and I's life. Like, yeah. I may not, I so I'm 90%, I got 90% disability, right? Um. Mm-hmm. We don't bring in a ton of money with my retirement. I mean, I retired as an HMC, 90%. Um, But everything is disposable income.
0: Yeah. Everything. You you have zero bills.
1: I I have my Wi-Fi. Mm -hmm. So we use a Verizon hotspot out here in the sticks. That's what I'm recording on right now.
0: Uh,
1: And we have our car insurance. Yeah. The there's the that's the end, end of, of list. my bill <laughs> listing each month. And yeah. for those of you that are out there, including yourself, if you if you're able to coerce I that's the wrong one. I, I, yeah, I'm sorry, right. let me try. I don't I don't mean coerce. <laughs> if you and your
0: convince if
1: you and your wife come to an agreement, what you have to do is you have to take all of your belongings. And my wife and I did this, and it's gonna be painful, and it's gonna be painful for mm. you too. You have to take all of your belongings and you have to put them in two piles, wants and needs and anything. And I mean anything. When you're starting a minimalistic lifestyle to live in a tiny home, anything that lands in that want, sell it. Yeah. All of it. Sell all of it. And I'm talking about go through each pair of socks, go through each hat. (laughs) Like, cause it's like playing a game of Tetris like every place has a thing everything has a place i have a certain mm. number of t-shirts hats yep. all, all of that and it's done very meticulously but eventually you'll learn like i'm going to wake up tomorrow morning whenever the hell i want yeah answer to no one and oh no and i get to work doing my i my wife and i do our nonprofit full time like this is what we do 24/7. Yeah. And typically that consists of you know my wife um will do yoga with the ladies in the morning out here on the sunrise uh in the beautiful prairie land that we have and then we'll get we'll give transportation to all of the aftercare services um so therapy, counseling, medical um we're constantly just running people around uh trying to get them healthy and 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 get those vulnerabilities lessened. So when they hit society again, they can reacclimate with a leg up rather than, you know, being taken advantage of again.
0: Yeah. That's, that's so cool, man. I'm so jealous that you get to live in a tiny house. I'm going to tell my wife when she gets home, but um, yeah, man, the, and like we were talking earlier about the whole like social media presence stuff and like, the way that that weird like <laughs> system operates, but like, I'm curious. Like, well, like, how did the TikTok thing happen? And then, like, we'll get into like uh, uh, there was some some stuff in that universe that you want to talk about as well. But like, well, how did you I, like? Because you don't strike me as a dude that's going to be like doing dances on TikTok. So like, how did you even get into it? Like, how did that begin?
1: Fucking TikTok. All right. Ah! Here
0: we go. <laughs>
1: so when i got my hums orders uh-huh. and came back to pensacola in the summer of 2020 one of the family routines my wife and i and my son who came back here with us did is my son would sit down with us on the couch in the morning and show us his favorited tiktoks my wife and i did okay. not have a tiktok account at that time yeah so they were just hilarious yeah. and my wife and I both end up creating an account uh, sometime later. So I've been on TikTok almost two years now, and we created the accounts just to connect with our son, for us to share okay. videos with him that we saw throughout the day. Okay, mm-hmm. and there's these little clicks on TikTok that have their own little subgenres. So mm-hmm. if you're if you're a bookworm or a librarian, there's book talk. If you are in okay. the military, there is a little subcategory called mil talk. Okay. So mil talk is the most toxic fucking uh, place on the universe. It's terrible, uh, and so I started making my I, I i created two different types of content, and it was super corny. It was when we first yeah. bought this land. I was yeah. kind of talking about our experiences of living off grid to start with and how to move onto a raw piece of land with no power. Mm-hmm. And the other portion was, I was still active duty at the time. And so I right. did some military content mm-hmm. and, and for whatever reason, a large portion of the mill talk community uh, was kind of just drawn to my content. I was very brazen, uh, very, and For all of you junior sailors out there that are going to listen to this, Mm. don't, don't hear what I'm about to say and be like, well, chief said I was an (laughs) idiot. Okay. How how I conducted myself and the language I used um, while in uniform. If I look back at it now, I would have changed a few things. Yeah. Um, But my account started gaining some traction and here's where it really took off the day of the afghanistan withdrawal mm. i was in my khakis and i was sitting in my office on nas pensacola mm. and i created a tiktok and it was it was a video i you could see my ribbon rack right and so you mm. saw the afghanistan, afghanistan campaign yeah. you saw my combat action ribbon mm. yep and all i all i said was for those of you that are looking at this video right now and are in the military in the first three seconds, you were able to de- decipher my story. Yeah. Just meaning yeah. that a lot of us were feeling a certain way that day. Like what the fuck right. was this all for? Right. And it blew up. It blew, mm. blew, blew up. It ended up being put on CBS evening news. Um, oh, nice. it was all over the place for about two weeks. Yeah. And so, I got like a hundred thousand followers out of that. Wow. And I didn't know what to do with that. Yeah. I'm not sure what, I don't know why I look at myself. I'm like, I am an idiot. Why are people following me? (laughs) And over the course of the last year and a half, I, I did my military content all the way through to my retirement. And that got a lot of traction and a lot of people follow me because of that. But the, the, uh, the content that I did about, our nonprofit and human trafficking resonated right. really big, and so now we're at like three hundred thousand followers um, nice. over on TikTok, which is a blessing and it's a curse. Like, yeah, it's not that great. Of course. I'm going to say TikTok famous for whatever the hell that means, right. right? Right. There's a lot of bullshit that comes along with that, and a lot of hatred. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, I don't know, man. Like I shy away from it mostly because of this Chinese spyware stuff where like every, I have a lot of CTs that follow the podcast and that are just in my orbit. Like the two people, two of the three people that do podcasts through my platform are CTs and they're all just like, don't do it, man. Don't do it. Like it's, it's gross. Don't do it. (laughs) And uh, so I'm just like, I, stay away from it for that reason but like there's this part of me that like i would really love for this podcast to be my full-time job and, and be like a profitable business um yeah but i you have to ha- have a big following to do that and like as far as like military podcasts go i i have a large following but it's like it's not paying the bills or anything like it's paying the podcast bills like i no longer come out of pocket which is nice but like i'm not like making money off of it <laughs> like I, I would love to but and so i'm looking at it like i'm tempted right. to get on tiktok for that reason because it seems a lot easier to build a following there um and, and i know like the new newer generations of sailors and military members are all on tiktok so it's like reach the people where they are kind of thing and yes. i'm like so I'm, I'm really tempted by it but like at the same time i'm like i don't know like i just i, I don't know that i'll actually do it ever but who knows i don't like it's it's tempting but the let's like you you wanted to talk about um so like i had joshua kelly on recently and we talked about their experience in in the navy and their experience doing drag and all that kind of stuff and and i got like a, a even with like my modest following like i only have a couple thousand instagram followers and facebook likes or whatever And it's, like, the I got a lot of pushback. I lost a bunch of followers, um, which I kind of... I saw that coming. Like, I knew. Like, it's the military. It it leans really hard right a lot of the time. Like, I I assumed the demographic was going to be kind of pissed. But, like, whatever, bye. Like, go away. Like, I don't care. I said it at the beginning of the podcast. Like, don't come at me with this bullshit. Yep. But uh, we... Uh so we talked and I lost a bunch of followers and I got a bunch of comments like and I deleted and blocked a bunch of people like not a I mean there was like a half a dozen um where they're just like like one of them that I haven't even addressed on YouTube yet was like why would you encourage this and in my mind like we talked about it before we started recording like the what encourage what like life liberty and the pursuit of happiness like I'm sitting here looking at a person who is Uh, like not just like performing the standard for like their job in the military and all. Like they got they're getting EPS, they're getting advanced. Like they're doing all the things and the same system that you uh, like operated in and I operated in. They're operating in and they're being recognized and promoted. And like some cynical, you know, bag is gonna make the argument that oh, it's just because they're that and whatever. And it's like shut the fuck up. But like the thing that really gets me is it's like this is just a like I'm not like advocating for everybody doing drag I'm advocating for live your but like do whatever makes you happy as long like it's not like Joshua Kelly's running around trying to get everybody to do drag and it's not like Joshua Kelly's ability to do their job is inhibited at all by what they do in their free time and on social media that makes them happy by the way so it's like if I were to tr- come at you and say, well, I don't like what you're doing, so you don't get to do it anymore because it I, I think that it like brings shame on the military or some some warped like analysis like that. It's like that you'd be pissed. You'd be like, well, you, get, you don't get to tell me that you don't get to infringe on my liberty and all this other bullshit. It's like, yeah, you're right. I don't. And neither do you. So shut the fuck up. Like, I don't understand why anyone cares. Like, why does anyone care what religion you practice, what color your skin is, what, like, you do in the bedroom at home, what, like, any of that stuff. Like, you're you're not, when you get into a place where we're talking about compromising the military's ability to fight wars and win... Yeah, then I have a problem with uh, like if, if we were actually lowering standards, which is a different conversation about how we are lowering standards to recruit because recruitment or retention is in the toilet, but we're not doing it to accommodate mm. these people that you have such a problem with. Right. So it's like. If they can meet the standard and they make us better war fighters, why do you care what they do in their free time or on social media? As long as it yeah, you know, like he's not defaming the military, he's not doing anything that's shameful in the eyes of the institution, Correct. in the eyes of uh, our country's defense or the analysis of that. He's not hindering the military's ability to kill people and break their short. like it's not. At all. Like the only thing that's inhibiting that is you coming at this person sideways for living their best life. You know what I mean? Because then you get into like the, like everybody's human. My analysis of Joshua Kelly is that they're a very strong minded, mature person who is very like comfortable in their own skin and, and like is really brave with their ability to confront the internet head on and just be like, come at me, bitch you know but like it's it's insane because they're gonna come at you and they are coming at that person and it's like i don't understand why people care at all and why i even got comments like that outside of you know like people are ignorant and uh not happy with their own lives so they come at you and and want to just like they're like crabs in a bucket you know what i mean like i don't I, it, it's gross and i don't get it and that's one of the things things that makes me the most nervous if I were ever like internet famous, like you or like any of these other people I'm talking to. It's just like, I, I, in, in I curate my inputs, man. Like I'm not as strong mentally as Joshua Kelly presents at least. Right. So like my inputs, like, that's affects me. Like my wife will want to show me some crazy thing on her phone. I'm like, what is it? You know, like, and, and I'll like, if it's something that is going to bother me, like I I'm like, and I was never in combat. I'm not that guy. I just have a really big anxiety and insomnia problem. And you could argue for depression, but like I, whatever, I'm not an expert, but like I jump at like loud noises. And, and it's like, I, it's like, I, I, I describe it to my wife. Like I feel sound. It's really strange. Like, like I'll be like laying on the couch. Like I took a nap on the couch the other day. Cause I slept like, and then we did like a day trip because she had the day off, which is kind of rare lately. Um, so we drove to this a- nice area like an hour away, had a day, came back. Right. So I was exhausted. I laid down on the couch cause I slept like, and like started to doze off. But like something happened where like, like the dogs heard the mailman and barked. And it's just like, I just like get keyed up. You know what I mean? So it's like, I curate my inputs because when shit like that is going to wind me up, it's like, I don't want, I don't want nothing to do with it. I don't want to watch your world star videos. I don't want to like watch a video of like two chicks getting in a fight or somebody's trying to carjack somebody. And Oh my God, this is what like, I like. I couldn't do it, man. And so like the, the idea of being like internet famous scares the shit out of me because like, I just can't, I would, that would affect me. It wouldn't like, Alter the way that I do business or anything like that. Like I'm mentally strong in my like convictions and belief systems and like who I am and what I want to be in the world. But like, as far as like that stuff affecting my mood and shit, like I have a really hard time, like not uh, being affected by shit like that, which is, is crazy. Cause it's not like, it's a weird dichotomy of like, I don't give a fuck what you think about me. So, but it like, it's still it still stings you know what i mean and it's like and it, it affects all of the things like my mood, regulating my mood and like sleep and anxiety and all that kind of stuff so like i i think like in a, in a in a, that way joshua kelly's a superhero and like you can't you know what i mean like i don't know how anyone does what they do and doesn't just have a fucking breakdown you know what i mean like it's it, it's impressive
1: So I've never resonated with a 5 minute stump speech than what you just said. So <laughs> yeah. Let let me tell you something brother, okay? So I don't I have uh for the last 8 days I deleted TikTok off of my phone the only reason i deleted all social media off my phone the only reason i had to bring instagram back onto my phone was to talk to you because i didn't have any nah. other way to communicate to set up this but when we're done yeah. when we're done here i'm going to delete it off again and i'm taking yeah. a sizable sabbatical from social media because of what you brought up let me let me mention yeah. a few things and we'll talk about petty officer kelly so things got so bad especially for military old military folks or just military yeah. in general regarding my mill talk content. I have been brought, I was brought in to see my CO uh, people were calling my command, just completely yeah. dragging me. Like yeah. there were Facebook groups, private groups that somebody got invited into and then shared with me. Of a bunch yeah. of chiefs talking shit about me because of my TikTok content,
0: but not direct, and not so confronting could, you directly. I, I though, said, because that would just be what chiefs do, and we can't actually live up to the mission, vision, guiding principles for fuck's sake, cowards.
1: You don't even get me fucking started. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and so
1: i I always a, a saying that I have used for years is "kick rocks with flip flops," right?
0: Yeah. And
1: I take. For whatever, it's like a, it's a Got nice a peachy way title,
0: kids. Of, of kick rock.
1: That's it. That's it. So with flip flops. And then I, I would call people Cool Breeze. So Cool Breeze is my fun little nickname for all of my junior yeah. sailors. Like, good morning, Cool Breeze. So yeah. for me to reply to these trolls, I started saying kick rocks with flip flops, Cool Breeze. And that caught on to the people that followed me. My uh, son, Drew, like people that know my TikTok account know what I'm talking about. Like uh, I have a logo of me. It's a cartoon version of me and my chief khakis nice. kicking a rock. And it just says kick rocks with flip flops. Then we got shirts made and we
0: sold out in like yeah. 24 hours. Oh, nice. I was going to mention it's that so- earlier, like doing like a shirt uh, that is like, like profits go towards oh. whatever, yeah. Like the, we can just talk about that later. But
1: hold on, hold on, brother. Like, <laughs> look, I, 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 oh, do I have it with me? Hold on, brother. This I, is worth the wait. Your video
0: is so pixelated on I, my end that I don't think I'd be able to make it out anyway. Like it'll, it'll be good when oh, I download no. it. Are but you serious? Like the, across, yeah, it'll be fine when I download it and process the episode. But like across the connection, it, it's pixelated.
1: Well, for right now, so I have patches. This yeah, is the cartoon yeah. my son drew of me and my <laughs> nice. khakis. It says yeah. kick rocks with flip flops and then that's shout sick. out to graywater Ops, which is a challenge coin okay. making company since I'm a oh, minimalist, nice. they made yeah. me a minimalist coin that ah, has the kick rocks coin. with flip flops
0: <laughs> that's, that's awesome yes. dude. that is awesome
1: i'm gonna'm I'm, I'll send I'll send you. I'll send you one of each of these when we were done sending oh, yeah, your yeah, of these. Uh,
0: yeah, I'll send you some too. For, for sure. I got coins and stickers and all. Cool. That. Yeah, definitely. Um. So, so all. Dope, of, so we're
1: discussing all of this because you brought up. You brought up social media, right? Right. And so everybody, take a deep breath because I'm about to. I'm about to get up on my fucking soapbox. Go and in. I mean, Let's go. I need y'all. <laughs> I am going to beg, I am going to beg your listeners to please listen to what I'm about to say without any preconceived notions, erase everything you think, you know, is going on and just please listen to me. And you're probably thinking, well, Troy, what right do you have to talk about this topic? And why do you think you have more to say? Let me tell you. All right. So let me give you something. I didn't tell you about my biography in 2003, I lost 140 pounds to join the Navy mm-hmm. USA is that huge patriotic wave. We're in a very near post nine 11 world. And there was a product that I used back then to help me lose the weight. And it was called Stacker two. So, they end up contacting me and signing me to an endorsement deal. I filmed, if you go on YouTube and just type Troy stacker two, you can see all the different commercials. Most of them are in uniform yeah. with the Navy's approval, of course. Right. Right. And, uh, but they were they're not Navy commercials. They were about me losing weight because it was my patriotic duty to go to Iraq and drink rippets. Cause that's the American <laughs> dream. <laughs> So uh, like- we I filmed these commercials from 2005 to 2008. Ooh. And again, it's promoting weight loss and serving my country. It had nothing to do with the Navy. However, yeah. the Navy, it was a very you couldn't turn on WWE wrestling or NASCAR Ooh. or anything on the USA network without seeing this face just younger and shaven running around telling you to pop pills to be, not be a fat ass anymore. (laughs) And so it was a very popular thing. Yeah. And the Navy kind of hitched their wagon to it to help use my face as a promotion and a recruiting tool. Now, why am I bringing this up? Well, the deal, the deal is the Navy never asked or, I never asked the Navy to be their face. The yeah, Navy yeah. wanted to use me and my story to promote their branch of service. And think about the backstory I just told you. I'm just a regular right. Joe that was a fat fuck yeah. that lost a bunch of weight. And I got tons of hate.
0: Yeah.
1: Tons of hate. This is the middle 2000s. So, There was a website called I hate commercials.com that featured my commercial and would just and just dragged it. Oh, it it was wild. Uh, What's the guy? (laughs) Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert had had just started his own own late show on Comedy Central. And he had this little thing at the beginning where he put 10 things up that he hates and wanted to discuss for the week. I was one of those things. I have a picture of the TV of him holding the sign that says stack stacker two guy. What? I, because they just found it. So, and bro, you have to watch the commercials because I can't defend them. Some of them are pretty (laughs) fucked. There's bro. There's one in particular and you'll know it when you see it. And it's one, it's one that has both my wife and I in it together. So regardless, I got a ton of hate, and then Petty Officer Kelly came onto the scene here a few months ago, right? And we, we're mutuals on TikTok. We have, we have, I've, I've nothing in depth, but I've talked to him directly through TikTok. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the re- and I reached out to him, and and the reason why is because, mind you, I I'm just telling. Listen to me, Petty Officer Kelly. If you see this, and I hope this is a portion that's clipped.
0: I'll clip it. If you yes, see this, I just know I,
1: I'm assuming a lot of things. Yeah. I'm assuming a lot of things right now, and I may be incorrect. So if right. I am, please correct me. But this is what I want to say. Your persona that is on TikTok is very you, you're first off, congratulations on Y and one. Let me just say Hell that yeah. publicly right now. And if not enough chiefs have told you lately,
0: cool. yeah. we're
1: fucking proud of you. Hell yeah. Next. I'm going to assume when the camera's off, you, you just brought up, bro, about you would, you have a hard time if people were coming at you yeah. sideways. If you had a little bit of online clout, I feel the same way. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe Petty Officer Kelly has a lot thicker skin than both of us combined, which is right. a possibility. I am going to assume though, that there are probably some days when the camera's off and he's going through yeah. his comments. That's what can sting. Yeah. Right? So, 100%. why I'm telling my story and why I'm saying this with a little bit of bass in my voice is because the same people that I'm looking at in Petty Officer Kelly's comment sections, I'll go to your fucking content and you're doing your fucking 22 fucking push ups a day for whoopty fucking yeah. duty law. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. I cannot yeah. stand this self-righteous bullshit. Mm -hmm. I can guarantee you, Petty Officer Kelly did not ask the Navy to be the face of the Navy. Nope. If you want to be mad at the Navy, be mad at the Navy. That's fine. But you're coming after Petty Officer Kelly personally. That includes cucks like Jesse Waters on Fox News and other people on these Mm -hmm. MSM stream news channels that are putting pictures up Of our sailor. Let me say that again. Petty Officer Kelly is our sailor, bro. Remember the whole chief's mess, the creed, that shit. Remember that? Our sailor. So if nobody else has stood up, if no one else has stood up for Petty Officer Kelly, especially those of you that got a heavy collar or sit in the mess, shame on you. Shame on you.
0: Yep.
1: Because I I see people that are wearing the same thing. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll pause. I know there's a delay. Yeah,
0: you got me gassed up, dude. I want to go now, too. Go ahead. Finish. Stop, stop, stop. Finish. <laughs> got right. me ready to fight, dude. So I I, I,
1: I want to reiterate, Petty Officer Kelly did not ask to be this. So stop directing your hate lasers At this individual, especially with the same side out of your, the other side out of your mouth, you're promoting men's mental health and military mental health in 22
0: a day. You are an asshole if you do that. You're just a fucking hypocrite, man. All right. And like, I don't, what, what pisses me off is like, we had some troll show. I uh, hate it. Like, when I I went hard in the paint on on an episode, uh, open letter to commanders, I clipped it a bunch and promoted it because I was so fucking pissed off that an LS1 that used to work for me, outstanding human being, he's doing good now. Like, he's in treatment and he's in the right hands and all those things. But, like, this kid was ready to kill himself because his command was fucking failing him. And when I posted the episode, some troll got in the comments and was like... Hitting on me like oh, it's just some angry ex Master Chief that is looking for attention. And it's like, you did you even fucking listen to the content of the episode? Number one, number two, like you're the I put I found this meme and I posted it as a response in the comments because I didn't block him. We just went in there and trolled him because he was hiding. Like my CT Army figured out that he wasn't a Master Chief like he was pretending to be. He was a, just a, like a second class that's just a trolling, right? And it was a, a complete troll account. Like it wasn't him. Yeah. um and in the comments just 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 trolling to troll like i don't even know if that person believed what they were saying but it sure seemed that way because they found a bunch of other examples of how he's just being a racist sexist bigot in the comments everywhere right maybe times and all this other shit and um i posted this meme where it was like that dude where he like uh he somebody is behind them and he like turns around and shoots them and then goes, why don't they like, you know, like, so it was like, it said bro vets on the guy. And then somebody behind him with like mental health issues. And he goes talking about like, I need help. And he turns around shoots him. And then he goes, why don't more veterans ask for help? Like that kind of shit where it's like the, the Kelly is one of us. You fucking idiot. Like hot like I shouldn't even have to explain it to you. And you like, the, the best way I, I, I can articulate it is that like you joined the Navy. It didn't join you. It's not going to conform to whatever ideology you have bouncing around in your tiny little brain. It's going to do what it does, and you get to conform to that and the values that you've sworn over and over again to uphold and champion and instill in the next generation. So like when you're in this position where you're wearing anchors to work, Your ideology is irrelevant, dude. Like you don't get a vote in how we lead. Like, it's not a thing that you get to just decide like, oh, well, I believe in this. So I'm that person. I'm not going to take care of them. I'm only going to take care of the people that I like. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you, man? Like, what if what if the roles were reversed and you had had like a trans chief that is like on you because you're from Alabama and like to hunt and fucking believe in conservative values. Like, would you stand for that? Would that be fair? Would that be just You an idiot? Like that's it. I I'll never, I'll never understand how people think that they can like project their, their belief system on other people, especially within the, the confines and lifelines of the Navy where it's like, Like you're deciding, you're electing to join this organization, which means you get to conform to and support their value system. That doesn't mean you can't also advocate for change, but you got to be able to walk and talk at the same time. So you need to be able to support somebody like Joshua Kelly and advocate for change within the organization without, and this part's important, without destroying that person and people like them. Like, you you don't get to to be that person within the skin of the Navy, period. We
1: all, everyone who has ever been in the Navy or any branch of service, we all have have things that we like and dislike about policy, about everything, everything to do with the Navy. I have negative things to say about the Navy. I have very positive things to say about the Navy. Right. But, but these people... I guarantee they're going to twist what I've said. If you do clip this and post it
0: for sure and
1: twist it into being something that I did not say, I need people to listen. Petty officer Kelly, the person, the human being has mom has dad made of DNA. All that stuff is a sailor is a human being that people are personally attacking as if he went to the Navy and said, listen here, Navy, this is what we're going to do. Petty Officer Kelly did not do that. But you're treating Petty Officer Kelly as if he did. And I don't mean that to vet bros. I don't mean that to other service members. It's gone. I brought up one very one minute example, but I've seen it on not just Fox News. It, like, I've seen it all over the place. Like mainstream media, I'll turn it on and there's a, there's the picture of Harpy Daniels and yeah. what Harpy's doing to ruin this generation's warfighter.
0: None of these clowns have ever had the courage to pull on a uniform. So like you don't get to commentate on it either. Shut the fuck up. <laughs>
1: I'm glad we went here. Fuck,
0: man. It's, it's so maddening, bro. Like I don't. I just don't understand, like why. And, and there's plenty of people that have like the the cred the credentials to commentate on it that say a bunch of brain dead shit, too. Like Kelly relayed a story about some Navy SEAL that was trashing them on some platform. I don't I don't know who it was. I haven't seen it, but like it's just, like yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Because like here's a, here's the argument. Yeah, well here's an argument that I made um, when we were talking about like. It- and I was talking to somebody else about it. So I don't know. I don't know if all this was in that episode, but we were talking about like, let's talk about like, like people that have an issue with transgender military service, or even like female Navy SEALs, like f- a female going through buds, right? Like if you took like, like for CrossFitters out there, right? If you've never heard of Sam Briggs, go look her up. Sam Briggs, I would bet the house that she could make it through buds if she wanted to. Um, but a person like that hasn't tried yet, and so here we are. Like, they're not lowering or changing the standards to accommodate anyone. They're just that, – that they are what they are, and, and there are women on this planet that could make it through buds. Like, I'm a 1,000% I'm convinced. And if you're not, go to a local CrossFit gym, and they will change your mind. Mm-hmm. But my point is that, like, the, the standards exist for performance in every single little nook and cranny of the military, right? So – I don't have a problem with anyone being in the military at all, no matter what, so long as those standards don't change. And we don't degrade the uh, military's ability to fight because that's the whole point for its existence. So if you're coming here, you need to be in an area where you can meet all those standards. However, like you could hire like you could enlist someone. In my mind, which doesn't conform with current standards, so that's a a separate conversation and slightly contradictory. But like you could you could enlist somebody with no arms and legs that like if they had a mind that was able to accomplish a mission in a certain area and like like Stephen Hawking, right? That was the example I gave when I was talking to the person and might be on podcast. (laughs) Like 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 you're trying to tell me you and maybe you hire him as a contractor whatever but like you're trying to tell me stephen hawking's brain couldn't add value to the military's ability to accomplish a mission but we're gonna say nope you nope no wave off you can't run a mile and a half fast enough or at all like like he could probably drive his wheelchair faster than some of the kids (laughs) i see doing the prt but like i'm just saying like it's yeah i mean he's now passed away but like the (laughs) point is the point is there are, you could hire like there is somebody Stephen Hawking with, passed away. Yeah, no, that's what I said. Like, that's what I mean. Like, he, he's no longer with us. But oh. if he was, he could add value to the to the military. But anyway, the, the point is the like there is somebody out there that like is paralyzed from the neck down or paralyzed from the waist down that could go into a an air conditioned basement and intel their outs off and and be incredible at it. So why do I care if they can run a mile and a half? You know what I mean? Like, that was another part of it that I don't understand. Like, why? Because, like, Pond Stevens, I think, they were talking about, like, fitness tests, that more like a combat fitness test, that are, like, more applicable to what you're actually going to be doing. So, like, on a submarine, I don't really care how far you can run in a vacuum i care how far you can run in an ffe and scba and still fit through the hatch and not die of heat stroke when we're combating a casualty i care if you can put a strong back on a pipe i don't care if you can like lift heavy things or run fast or just generally so like applying it in a way that makes more sense because there are communities out there like like For instance, and this isn't a, I'm sure Kelly's in good enough shape or whatever, but like the Kelly's an admin guy, right? So like admin people sit in offices and do administration. So like you're trying to tell me there's not a universe where like maybe, so maybe a trans person joins the military and because of the transition process can't meet some of the metrics that, um, are in place for whatever community they want to do, but there's still things they can do in the military that are going to add value to the mission. They didn't suddenly become stupid and useless there, but there might be communities that they want to be in where they can't meet the physical requirements and and demands of the mission. Okay, fine. I got, I got stuff you can do over here. If you still want to contribute, like you still want to be part of this organization, like got it. I'll find a place to to put your talents to use. Like that's the definition of diversity, which and I'm not getting in on like the DEI stuff. That's all like popular today. I'm talking about Admiral Elmo Zumwalt. Like, look it up. This is none of this stuff is new. Like this has been part of the military since like the, the early seventies. I think I'd have to look it up. Don't quote me on the date, but like, this isn't new. Like go read navigating the seven seas. Like when the, like, a lot of the stuff was still segregated, and they built the mess management specialist rating out of commissarymen and officer stewards because Melvin Williams, who was a black master chief, was getting talked to by an open-minded El- Elmo Zumwalt, and they met in the middle, and basically he helped create equal opportunity in the Navy. So it's just like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I would argue that the people that are so vocal in these comment sections are doing more to degrade the combat efficacy of the military than Joshua Kelly or anyone else that they're targeting.
1: You're absolutely, absolutely dead on. Um, I, I had a th- I, man. I had a thing I was going to say and now, and now I forgot it. You, you had brought up you that that you you wanted people to be able to do, uh, or you thought it was cool, uh if sailors did something that geared more towards what their job is, right. And if they were able to hit those requirements. So I got to, I got to give it out. So I already said earlier, I was a greenside corpsman. Right. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to take it a step further because my grandfather uh, went Marine Corps regs. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to do that, which is very rare these days. You don't see a lot of sailors wearing service dress proper. Nope. So Marine, what, what Marine Corps reg. So, yeah. so a Navy corpsman who is greenside, who has their mm-hmm. FMF pen can yeah. go what's called Marine Corps regs. So what that, what that means is, is that we would have to adhere to their grooming standards oh. and we would have to pass their. A, uh, PFT CFT. So you got to take okay. their physical fitness test and their combat fitness test. And so I had to do that. I got you, that mm. green weenie that the the pickle suit. Yeah. I said green weenie. Yeah. Oh God, there's going to be a bunch of people that are going to pick me apart for saying that. So the pickle. The,
0: uh, that's funny. I
1: didn't mean it. I mean the fucking pickle suit. So <laughs> the pickle the suit. to marine's the wearing way, the hard. green jacket. Yeah, 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 yeah oh <laughs> absolutely so i i have the, i have that uniform
0: yeah and like so but
1: stuff. i had to adhere to yeah yeah no yeah. no not the suit their service dress their oh, service yeah, yeah, dress yeah, yeah. uniform okay. yeah, i got yeah, yeah, i get yeah. to wear that with
0: the chief rank oh that's sick i didn't i didn't know that was so brutal. yeah i knew, that was I've just saying yeah seen man. Doc, doc docs and rps and stuff in like the the Cammies, like the Marine Corps camis with like the slanted uniform tapes and stuff. Like, I've seen that. I've never seen anybody wearing Oh, yeah, cover. well,
1: that's normal for, that's, yeah that's normal for a Greenside side corpsman. I've I
0: was never gonna try to find a picture wearing...
1: of me in the, in the pickles,
0: too. Yeah. I'll just no send it shit? to me and I'll overlay Master it on the Chief? video. Yeah. Yeah, dude, never seen okay, it. Okay, I'll do that. Never seen it. Yeah, I can overlay it on the video. You fucking bubble heads. Yeah, that's... <laughs> dude i've i've worked with a bunch of marines too like we did at fort lee i was with uh so it was all the food service schools were on the same base so like I, the s the sel running the food service school was a, a, a master guns that went through the season in iraq so he was he'd been an accepted chief longer than any of the chiefs that had been participating in the season locally and they looked at me yeah. funny like when i showed up with this master guns they're like what the hell is he doing here i'm like w- he's an accepted chief like shut the he went through the season and he's been accepted chief since like 2006 like yeah and uh but yeah so like there i never saw it there never saw it uh like we have a marine corps security forces battalion here because all the nuclear ballistic missile submarine deals that well they may or may not have nuclear missiles on them um allegedly and then uh yeah i've never but i've never seen uh, you know like a I've never seen a and I've known a ton of Greenside Cormans too like I've never seen anybody wearing a marine uniform with anchors or even like a first class crow or anything yeah. like I've never seen that before that's yeah. it's dope that you can Yeah. Yeah, so it's
1: got the you got the tan shirt, you got the tan tie, you have the green jacket and then uh, yeah. and then you got the subdued jacket. patches and subdued yeah. anchor Oh dude, it, it looks it looks dope. It's a um, the, the I I, I want to put a bow uniformers. on on
0: I'll, I'll settle the debate right now. They got those their uniform. Hands are down fire. Yeah. Hands
1: down. <laughs> I want to put a bow on Petty Officer Kelly real quick and then we can move yeah. off of it cuz we spent a minute sure. on there unless you want to stay there, <laughs> but I no, want to, I want to publicly say that if you see this Josh and you don't have the support from the mess, from your chief, from your LPO. I guess you're going to be the LPO now, Y and one, right?
0: <laughs> um, yeah.
1: Like there's there's those of us out there that you can reach out to. You already have my contact information. I've already reached out and we've chatted briefly. And so I just wanted to publicly say that. And for, yeah. for those of you that are in leadership positions that have the pleasure of of leading petty officer Kelly. I hope you're doing right. That's it. All right. I'm good. I'm done. I'm done.
0: Ditto man. Like, yeah, I like reach out if you need to. I feel like they know that, but again, like guard was up. So like, cause I, you know, like I, I imagine it takes a long time for them to trust people. So it's like, you know, uh, hopefully they understand that they have those, those outlets, but. And, and anybody that's operating in that space or has like a similar story too. Like, I I don't, I, I have a hard time with anybody <laughs> thinking that it's okay to do sh- like, cause I t- we talked, I don't know if we were recording, but we talked about Christina a little bit, like her story of with the, the WAP video that went viral and her getting death threats and uh, talk just <laughs> yeah. horrific yeah. in her DMs and and stuff like that. But then the, the thing that got me was these same cowards would walk up to her because she was now tiktok famous and social media famous and real navy leadership which included russ smith got behind her and was like do all i care about is what you need are you okay right that type type. fleet match chiefs all these people they were just like are you okay do you need anything that's all the discussion nothing nothing about accountability nothing about like you violated some policy none of that and but like there were people in in her dms where she told me the story and i think it's in the episode that we did where a chief who was in her dms like i hope you get raped and killed and all this horrific walked up to her with a group of other chiefs that like the there was like some female chiefs that were like fangirling and some other people that were all like just like we support you we just want you to know we're behind you and this dude was there echoing that sentiment and it's just like how How are you that big of a coward and just transparently phony and compromising like your integrity and your whatever character you have if you have any at all like i just how do you even exist without just bursting into fucking flames man like those types of people it blows my mind and if you ever needed a larger or more cutting example of leadership and competence in the navy and like a a a motivator to like like get your shit together maybe and like really put resources in in your back into fixing these types of problems. Like I argue constantly that, the driving force behind acute mental health issues and uh, by virtue suicides in the, in the Navy in particular, but probably the military at large is leadership incompetence. And it's like, so this isn't, you're not fixing one problem. You're not just (laughs) making like better leaders. And that's the only thing. Like, so now people will be on time to GMT or something like, no, no, that's not what this is. This touches everything. (laughs) And if you would just put the time and effort into it and the reason, sources it would fix everything like i mean we'd always have problems but it'd be a lot better than this it'd be manageable
1: yeah i would i i mean i'm not going to name names but that that person you're mentioning that was getting all those i had the same thing happen to me and it, it was over on tiktok like
0: yeah
1: there, there's a bunch of military content videos that i made and these it was it was awful. I mean, I've already mentioned there were groups created on Facebook yeah. for my brothers and sisters yeah. to hate <laughs> on on yeah. what I did on social media, and uh, it 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 is it's it's very uh, jarring. It can be really deflating. Um, yeah. And you talk to junior sailors. You know, before I retired, I was really big and like the Chiefs mess has a lot of ground it needs to take back in regards to its reputation with junior sailors. Um,
0: and
1: I, and I attempted to do that to the best of my ability while Mm -hmm. still adhering to the fact that I am a chief and my role is a, B and C. Um, but I was not naive to the fact that I'm sure when I left the room, a lot of junior sailors that didn't get to know me yet as a leader, would roll their eyes or, you know, right, Oh, it's just, right. it's just another chief chief. Don't give a shit. Yeah. And it's actions like that. And it's actions like what happened in my DMS from fellow chiefs and leadership in the Navy that right. Right. it makes me really, it, it, it makes me pretty bummed out that maybe we're not gaining as much ground back as I hoped we had. I may be wrong.
0: I dude, I think we're at it zero. doesn't like, feel I, that I don't, way. I don't, yeah, I don't, I think we're at zero. I don't think, I don't think that there's even an attempt being made to regain ground. I think when people like you or I show up, they're like, these junior sailors are so smart that they're very quick to filter like, Who's who they can trust and who they can't, and who's authentic and who's not. But also, like somebody like you, when they That's d- right. do get to know you, you're an exception to the rule. But the rule is still the rule. You know what I mean? Like you're an anomaly. Like so, they're not. Like, that the is, ex- in that is exactly yeah. what they tell me. The chief's mess isn't gaining any ground back through me or anyone else until the organization starts holding people accountable, setting new standards, redefining things like me and Ariana are working on a project where like, and this is going to sound super like arrogant, but I rewrote the chief petty officer's creed as a draft. Right. And I can send it to you, but like I've had a problem with it for a long time. And the big, the practical problem I have with it is that it's not, It's just not a good source document. And I'm not the only person that feels this way. Like if we're looking for a source document that communicates our identity as an organization, like this is who we are and what we do, that doesn't even come close to being in the vicinity. That is somebody phoned in their homework and found a really great pinning script someone wrote once and said, oh, we need a creed out here, use this. This sounds really cool. And there are parts of it that I, I do, they evoke emotion and they pull on your heartstrings a little bit and it does sound good. So I understand some attachment to it, but like, there's a lot of shit in there that I don't like either. like exalted position and doesn't appear in in print and all this other stuff. It like it, it muddies the water intentionally and it drives me eight. And so like, I (laughs) I'll send you the draft copy. Like I rewrote it uh, and I rewrote it. Shout out to my boy, Dan, he's an NSW tech. Um, there's an article called a short talk with chief petty officers from early 1900s, blue jacket manual that I plagiarized the summary of essentially like I stole a lot of the content from that, um, that I, ju- it's just great. And during a podcast, we were talking about it and he said where I was criticizing the creed. So was he, and he said, why isn't it this and it was during i think it was a teaching of the creed episode that i did because we were talking about like i it was credibility of a chief petty officer because i'm like who better to question yeah. the credibility of a chief than a first class so i was like and dan's great so like he he's the one like he was the one that pointed at the summary section of that article and said this should be the chief petty officer's creed so shout out to dan that's what i put in the draft whether or not it ever ends up going anywhere i don't know but like the i the the practical qualm I have with it is that it's not a good source document. You can't point at that and say, this is who we are and what we do, right? And if you do, which we do, we built a whole curriculum around it, right? Teaching to the creed. It's, it's intentionally vague and muddies the water and doesn't clearly and concisely articulate who we are and what we do. So when you're tr- using that to train chiefs, it doesn't answer any of the questions that these like hard charging first classes that become chief selects have like, it doesn't answer any of the questions. And that's why a lot of people come out of the chief season, super disillusioned and confused. And they don't know what to do with their hands because we never taught them. (laughs) Like it blows my mind that this is still the thing that we're using. And then like the other, the other side of it that I have a problem with is, Mission vision and guiding principles is probably the best thing that we have it's literally the eval individual eval traits for a chief for e seven to e nine and I bet you I bet you if you went and pulled a hundred chiefs, maybe forty of them could tell you all the mission vision and guiding principles off the top of their head and i don't i don't mean like explain a, or a definition of each one or any explanation at all or any of the subcategories in the trade blocks i'm just saying list the the How many, six, seven, eight? How many are there? Like, do you even know? Like, and then what are they? And can you list them? Because it's how you're being evaluated. You damn sure should be able to list them. And you should be very familiar with that document because it's not just those bullet points, it's the mission, it's the vision, and then it's the guiding principles that go into your eval. So it's just like the fact that we're not using that type of a document, whether we revise or update it or not, it's like, that's the thing we should be teaching to like that's how we're evaluating them so why the fuck are we not teaching to that should be teaching to the mission vision and guiding principles but like here we are so went down that rabbit hole because for that reason it's like i don't think the mess has a real clear and concise identity And I think that big gaping hole that exists has been stuffed full of t-shirts and stickers and stupid taglines for so long that they don't the organization doesn't know who they are. They really like they're pretending. It's like, uh, I don't know how to actually be a chief, so I'll just play one on TV. And so that's the problem that we have is like nobody's willing to admit out loud that we have no idea who we are, and what we do and and uh, like so many there i feel like there used to be that in ex- like the, we used to have like gray beards around but those generations are all gone now and so you end up with like this really yeah. can and the only dude the only shout out to eric antoine my he was my cob when i made chief he's a mentor to this day he's a phenomenal leader and human being this dude it was one of those graybeards. He was a COB three times. He was a CMC forever. Like he'd been a, a, a command mass chief longer than I'd been in the Navy when I made chief. The, and he ex, he was the COB of that submarine and built this culture in that mess to where I made chief at in CPO University like it was the best possible place and that's the only reason why I exist in the version that I do and I have these views and I'm so passionate about these things and I I feel like I have a very good understanding of who Chiefs are or who they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to be doing and that's why I advocate so hard for it and I, I'm the only reason I have such a clear vision of that is because he happened to stick around long enough and I happen to be in the right place at the right time to like ingest all of that, like leadership, development, education and knowledge, experience and wisdom, because I don't think those people exist anymore. And I just got lucky and caught one uh, on his way out the door. He retired from that command and, you know, is living his best life in retirement. But yeah, I, I don't think we have the, the people available even to to that are still on active duty that can point at it and be like, oh, that's who we are. Some people, I think, have figured it out on their own. Like, I, I think Fleet Sheep Chief Takorzik is outstanding. Um, I think there are guys out there that have been around long enough and kind of understand, but for whatever reason, a lot of them, when they get to those real high positions, they're just not willing to rock the boat, man. They're not willing to go around, like, print out the mission vision guiding principles and, like, the Sailor's Creed and the core values and some other stuff, bind it all together in a phone book and just start beating people over the head with it. Like, run around the fleet and do that. It's all hands calls. Like, run around and, and communicate... <laughs> Back to basics, standards, good order and discipline, accountability, mission, vision, guiding principles, and just go around and start beating Chiefs over the head and holding them accountable. Like if, if you have DOX surveys coming out and every single one of them sits on the Chiefs mess, that's a problem. That's not just, oh, you know, a beating sailor's a happy sailor. No, no, you're failing at your job. That's what that's telling you. And there's an adjustment that needs to be made. That's what that's telling you. You don't laugh it off when, dude, I stood in the office with my triad as the Simeo, debriefing a DOC survey that crucified the CO, the Cobb, everybody, the Chiefs' mess, just obliterated them, and just a ton of data points. And they just laughed it off. And I'm like, no, dumbass! Like, this is a giant red flag I'm fucking waving here. This is not a joke. This is not a thing we're going to shoot the shit about. And then I'm going to go check all the boxes in the simio instruction. And we're just going to go on with business as usual. That's not what this is. But they just didn't give a shit, man. And it 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 pervades the entire organization. Drives me fucking nuts. I'm off. My so if people don't know,
1: you and I have never talked before. Before ever. tonight, well, we so I didn't know what bit, to but... expect <laughs> <with> you ever. <laughs> there, I mean, we've never talked, we've never met or talked, yeah, right? So I got two things to say. One, what a refreshing <laughs> person you are. But two,
0: <laughs> thank you, sir.
1: You had mentioned earlier that you have you you have an inner anxiety and turmoil like if people were to talk or come down on you especially if you attempt to change the petty officer creed hell fire and brimstone in the shape of a foul angler will (laughs) rain
0: come at me i i'm not even so here's the thing i just when i describe it it's like so the the dichotomy of me not giving a fuck what people think and I I just the anxiety part. I just have like a power bar. So kind of like you're saying, like I I, I will like anybody that f- thinks that like I don't care if every single active duty chief petty officer banded together and got pitchforks and torches and were on my front lawn. Fucking come at me, bro. Like I'm ready, standing by. Come by anytime. <laughs> I'll burn you to the ground. Like and and it's what and what what'll happen is i'll be out on my porch evangelizing this belief system like just be like this is what you're doing wrong this is why (laughs) the fact that this is what you showing up here with your torches and pitchforks means unfuck yourself but like the the i just have a power bar for that now where like before i used to think i had like just broader shoulders that could carry more weight than everyone else. And that all came crashing yeah. down when I yeah. like towards the end of my career, like I was um, having issues with sleep for I a understand. long time, anxiety. Yeah. Anxiety followed it. Like the thing that really got me was when I was standing, diving off to the watch on a submarine. It's the most senior list of watch station on a submarine. Long story short is you're effectively flying a submarine underwater. Think like flying an airplane. Like think about it. Like I'm the pilot, like on newer boats, I actually call it pilot and co-pilot. But, like, I'm piloting the submarine underwater, uh, and and I'm responsible for ship safety, and it was terrifying. I was always concerned about, uh, like, what am I going to do wrong? If there's a casualty, I'm going to fuck it up. People are going to die. Equipment's going to get damaged. The mission is going to suffer. Like, just constantly catastrophizing this shit in my mind. And so, like, I would be, uh, like, Uh my off watch time i'm in the casualty procedures i'm in the operating procedures just studying for what i see in the night orders for the next night's watch just like constantly worried that i'm not gonna know what to do and i'm gonna fuck up and fail everybody so and then i couldn't sleep and then because of that anxiety and all that kind of so that's where a lot of it came from but uh, some of it was just the the being in constant conflict with everything and everyone all the time being this guy that is, yeah. I, I was doing it on active duty. Like I was pushing back against some of the stuff I saw in the Chiefs mess. I was holding Chiefs accountable inside the Chiefs mess. I was trying to be, I ran the Chiefs season every fucking year. I was on active duty because nobody would want to do it and they would do a shitty job anyway. So, so it's just a fucking, right. I'll do it because no one else is going to do it right. And I want to build Chiefs the right way. And so like eventually it all just wore me down to a nub. And so like when I got to short that last shore duty, March, 2020, Uh, when I got my cancer diagnosis, it like pulled the pin on a hand grenade. Like it was, it was, uh, I was terrified of the brain surgery. Like I thought I could fucking die. Like the way they described it, like they were going to, they, they went through my nose, but something might go wrong. So they might have to cut me ear to ear, pull my face down, cut out my forehead, relax my brain back and go in that way. And I'd wake up with staples and have a huge scar, like in the path of these headphones. (laughs) And so I was like, Oh, I might not wake <laughs> up. So that was terrifying to me. So I'm like freaking out. We got married really quick legally so that she'd get the house if I died. That's what I was doing. Like I'm preparing to be dead yeah. before I go into brain surgery. And then, so when I came out of that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, like, hard parts over. I'm good. Like I, I don't have anything else to worry about anymore. Right. Cause when they described radiation treatment, it was uh, six weeks, I think of five days a week i had to go. i had to drive like a little over an hour to get to this uh proton therapy center and uh five days a week i would do the treatment it took about 20 minutes and you go home and they're like it'll snowball right like the at first you won't notice anything and then over time you get all this sh- i had like it looks like somebody beat the sh- out of me from like here up to here and my face is all burned up This is bruised and peeling. I lost a bunch of hair in the back because it goes through your head. Like, just it was it was miserable. I had sores in my mouth, so I was on a liquid diet for like three weeks. It was fucking. It was it was a mess. But the the way the the uh, doctor described it to me when he was telling me about radiation, I'm like, oh, so it's just a grind. I'm like, so I got like a three month deployment coming up. Got it, doc. Like, I'll be fucking fine. I've done this before. So brain surgery was scare me. Radiation, I was like, ah, whatever. I can be miserable for nine months i don't get like i've done this before so uh (laughs) the first day the very first day of radiation i feel great like coming out of the brain surgery i don't have a giant cancerous tumor in my sinuses anymore and in my brain so uh i could breathe better i was sleeping better i was more energetic i was working out and uh i felt great and so first day of radiation we come out get in the car i'm still driving eventually my wife did because i just was like dead Um, I started ugly crying. You just fell apart in the car. No idea why. Like I and my wife's like, "What's wrong?" I'm like, "I don't know." Like I, I'm, I'm literally like, consciously not worried about anything. Like the I had the best doctors in the world, man. Like these guys, it was. I describe it like talking to a fighter pilot. They're like, "We're gonna fix this out of you," and I believed them. Like I was just like, like imminently confident in their ability to do their job. They're like 98% chance or better. You never have another issue. Like we're going to fix you. You're going to be better than ever, blah, blah, blah. And then I did another surgery right before I retired where they cleaned out all the scar tissue and stuff. So now I can breathe normally for the first time in my life. It's it's incredible. Um, But like for some reason, I was moody, snapping at everybody, pissed off, like – and we didn't really address it because we're like, oh, you're in cancer treatment. Of course you're fucking miserable. But then when I came out the other end of radiation and I was better, I was still doing that. And then that's what got me into therapy. And then some other stuff happened. Like my brother and two nieces were killed out of nowhere. It's like fucking Netflix true, true crime documentary we don't need to get into. But um, so that, like, I was just coming out of that dumpster fire. I was feeling really good. I was sleeping normally. I was like, I felt amazing. And I had this moment where uh i really vividly remember this moment i was pumping gas it was after jujitsu and i I started doing jujitsu to help cope with everything like the anxiety and stuff and just for fitness and i always wanted to do it um and i'm pumping gas after like the fifth day of going to jujitsu which for me is like nuts and i felt great dude i was like energetic and i sit i'm sitting there like i i have no business feeling this good like after doing five straight days of, of like beating the shit out of other grown people and like it's really hard on your body and so like i'm like i can't believe i feel this good and i just remember having this little like internal self-celebratory moment where i was just like i felt like i had arrived at a finish line or something yeah and in that moment my brother and two nieces were being killed and like at the exact moment i was feeling that way wild the next morning i got a call from my mom telling me what happened and and i just went off a cliff and that's what got me on meds and i'm still not sleeping normally <laughs> like just life but like yeah it the i had long that was a long way of explaining like i just understand that i have a power bar now you know what i mean that i am in fact mortal i'm not 10 feet tall and bulletproof, yeah. and it gets depleted with my interactions where I have to go hard in the paint like that. And then once I, I recognize the power bars get low, I just got to dial it back for a little while, do what I got to do to recover. And then I can come back at it. But like, to it, it's not a thing that like, like if I was able to accomplish this with, I I'm not as hopeful as some of the people that I'm working on this with, but I, uh, cause like part of it, I'm like, you have to pack. Cause I understand it the way you understand it, where I'm like, part of the package we submit would have to be like a standard pinning script template that includes a lot of the stuff from the old creed so that you're not losing the tradition, even though I think a lot of that is oh, yeah. trash, but like you'd have to do it in a way where you're preserving. Make sure you like keep that. the word make God, make sure what you word? keep the
1: word Barb. That's important.
0: Uh, uh, is it uh, like, I don't know. I like <laughs> only cause it's a famous submarine name. See what I did there? Um, Yeah, there's a bunch of it. I think we could recycle a lot of it into a a really good pinning script, but there's still some of it that I wouldn't want in there. I don't know if I'd win that argument, but um, because I have a giant, I have a giant problem with your responsibilities do not appear in print. And it's like, why? I got a fucking procedure for peanut butter and jellies, bro. Like, how do I not have a a, like a a document that says? This is what your other duties and responsibilities of a chief petty officer are, you know, like it, it don't make no sense,
1: you know, like, So the so the insinuation the insinuation there, and the, the, let's talk about that. So the insinuation right. when I went through season and ever since to this very second has always been you're gonna play the role of of off-duty mentor or maybe you're going to be the kid's dad that filling in the void for that young sailor that who didn't have that great all these little nuances that you don't learn in boot camp right so here's what i have to say about that if that is what the non-printed responsibilities for the mess are we have been failed as a mess yeah because these are the things we're not doing
0: but Also, like they you hear people, um and it like the the example that jumps out at me because of the the severity of the situation that that we all found ourselves in really is when Russ Smith did that infamous all hands call on the I believe it was the G dub. It was the was. right or the Washington. I get them confused because I'm not a service, but
1: it was the G dub.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he's oh, yeah. doing that all hands call, and one of yeah, one of the things he he says, and this jumped out at me was like, and I've heard other people say this like, you got to have those knee to knee conversations right like like he's saying like this is something that a lot of which could be solved by somebody anybody not even just chiefs anybody on the ship just reading the room understanding that the sailor might have an issue they're acting a little like you're the one that's going to know them the best because you're around them all the time so like if you if you notice them acting differently intervene ask them how they're doing what's going on are you okay that kind of and it's like We haven't one, like we haven't equipped anyone to do any of those things, right? Like including chiefs, like having the need to need conversations, like what, what training and education did you get to do that that type of stuff? But also like the, the that gets me too, is like these, like these sailors that you're asking, they're all sleep deprived, stressed out. They all have their own issues and they're all internally focused on white Knuckling their way through all the shit they have to do, so like to to then put the burden on them to recognize uh, acute mental health issues amongst junior enlisted sailors or anyone really on board the ship. The fuck are you thinking? Like they don't have the bandwidth, the attention span. Most of them probably couldn't spell their own names when they get off watch, and here we are as an organization saying. Oh no. Oh no. Like what we really need to do is have all these people who get three hours of sleep a night and barely see their fucking families and are so stressed out and full of just riddled with fucking undiagnosed mental health problems. We need them to go. It's like, it's like putting the burden of leadership development education on the Chiefs mess, which they say we willingly accepted, which I still find hard to believe, but whatever. When they deleted all the, the, uh, nav lead courses and because there was budget cuts at at nets netsy it's like i I, on what fucking planet even if we had great manning and retention back then on what planet is the chief's mess who is engaged in like running the ship and doing all these things that you they may or may not know they're supposed to be doing based on everything we just discussed like they're standing watch they're they're running all the things they're they you know i mean like they're doing the mission and supervising the people and training and educating the people and qualifying the people and doing all the things and collateral duties and fucking mess free and all this other stuff they like just like the e6 and below like and the junior officers and the senior like they don't if you're attached to an operational unit they don't got the time or bandwidth and oh by the way probably the most important part the expertise like they don't have the knowledge and experience to do this and and it blows like the idea that we're gonna like put that on oh hey uh grab some junior chief and make him do po indoc, which granted isn't a thing anymore but now okay now you're gonna facilitate and lucky ld and it's like uh, what uh, when the <laughs> did i get taught how to do that and oh i went to a facilitator class okay cool well how like three days long four days long maybe like this has to be part of your DNA. Like you need to start at day one. Yes. Like, so you got stuff like warrior toughness, which I love that they're doing that now boot camp, yep. but stuff like that needs to be woven through your entire enlisted development up to the point that you make cheap, which, and let's right. trying to do God bless him. Toby Ruiz and the homies. I love you. I'm I'm happy that you exist. And I, I it's a step in the right direction. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, you can't put burdens like this, like, cause this is a different thing. Like the recognizing the mental health issues, like recognizing a sailor in distress like that. I, are you kidding? Like, I have a story about like that. Uh, and he was just here and I I was going over his chief's package stuff with him. Cause he's a board eligible first class now, but I had a second class LPO. He was the, he it was a first tour kid that joined the Navy lake, kind of like you, like he was like 27 as a second class and just the most he was me he's a little filipino me dude like he's this kid had such a capacity (laughs) everything he did man like he was so smart he was a sponge he could do it all like a lot of times within the cs community you get like they're either like an admin guru or a culinary guru but you don't get a lot of people that can do both and then on top of that you don't get somebody that can do both and go outside of the the galley ecosystem and go qualify ships control watches and pick up like major command collateral this kid could do anything and i lost sight because i was so busy doing other and being distracted I, as a senior chief, on my second chief's tour, I was so burdened with standing diving officer watch for eight hours a day, seven days a week, and collateral duties. I was a simio, I was a battle station's drill inserter. I was an assistant ship's diving officer. I was standing in for the cob. I was doing all these shit, all of none of which are my primary duty, right? So I was effectively just offloading my primary duty onto this first tour second class, and I had this moment. We were standing... There's this little like square area by the freezer and chill box. And we have a locker and it's kind of like this area where you can pull off to the side and the submarine P ways are small where you, it's like, you don't stand in the P way and block the P way. So like we stood in this little like Puka, like off offset thing, right by the chill box. It was like our little office. Um, yep. And he was like breaking down and almost crying. Cause he was so stressed out because he was doing my job. He was doing his job. He was standing watch. I mean, this kid didn't sleep. And I just missed it until he broke down in front of me. So like on what planet are we equipped to wreck? I didn't even recognize that I was unfairly overburdening this kid. It's not his job to do my job. I'm a department chief, a division chief, and I'm offloading a lot of this shit on a, a second class. And granted, like this kid is incredible but it, you know, like he's also human and I didn't fuck. I, I didn't even, it didn't even click. And I immediately like went to my comic. Like, you got to take me off to watchable for a couple of weeks. I need to be there for him and like take burdens and figure out a way to reorganize some shit because this isn't working and he's having a hard time. Blah, blah. But like, what if I missed it? Like, what if, what if he grinned and bared it until he really, really couldn't anymore? And like something bad happened. Maybe I just lose him to acute mental health issues and he gets treatment and he's okay. But maybe I lose him, lose him. And it's like, I totally missed it, man. And I was dealing with my own too. And so it's like to put that burden on the people that are, it's like, you're too close to the problem. It's like, I'm a big fan of Jocko talking when he talks about detaching and getting like that 55,000 foot view or whatever. Like You got to detach so that you have the vision, right? if you're in it, if you're attached to the unit, I, I by definition, I cannot help him detach in that way. Right. Like I, I can, I can try, like I can try to learn that skill. Right. But if I'm being honest, most people, cause like the way they talk about it, Oh, you just got to detach. It's like, okay. Like he talks about it a lot through the context of when he was an instructor and he would see it. And that was what like clarified that vision for him. That was the end of his fucking career was when he was running training for, like, the West Coast SEALs. So it's like, it took you till then to develop that skill, and you were in a role where it was your fucking job to detach. So it's like... you're telling somebody like that's in it to detach and, and try to see what's going on. It's like, okay. Like he, a lot of what he's, he's describing is so that you can be a better tactical level leader when you're doing the thing, which I think is very achievable and relevant and all those things. But like, when you're talking about like being on a ship in, in that role, like detaching in that way where I can recognize those things, it's, it's like, we're all like, we're so undermanned and overworked that it's like, I don't know that it's possible. I'm open to being convinced. Otherwise, Jocko, if you're listening, which you're not, but like, I'm just like, man, like it seems <laughs> to me, it seems to me to be a completely unfair and, and just unachievable ask by senior naval leadership. It's like this, I I, I don't understand why we're not sitting here talking about like creating a, a, Like an offshoot of Corman, or maybe it's like an NEC or something where, and this might be real already. It probably is where you have like a mental health tech where they're kind of like a submarine IDC, but like create a whole school where you have mental health techs and embed them in units. And that's the most. Like, that's the guy, the person that walks around the ship and and recognizes these things. Because, like, on a submarine, we have an IDC end of list. Like, that's the entire medical department. They try to, like, train cooks to be emergency medical assistance team yeah. dudes. But, like, most corpsmen are just like, yeah, whatever. You're shocked. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, like, I had one doc that was really into it. Yeah, he wanted yeah, it yeah. to send everybody to, to TCCC and stuff. But it was like, the if you send me a, a second class mental health tech that can, that and I don't even want them staying a watch, man. I, w- I just want them walking around the summary. Like when a chaps drops in, you know, like just walking around, talking to the crew, like just do that. And maybe there's some other things you can do. Like you can maybe do a collateral duty or something that you can drop when you need to go be a mental health person, but like something like that, like put, build something like that in where I have somebody just like walking around looking for it because it's like, I just, I don't, and I don't even know if that will work. I'm not a, I'm not an expert on this, but it's just like something. So there's gotta be another mechanism because you can't put it on chiefs. You can't like, it's just not one. You've never provided anybody the education or, or training, but also we're white knuckling it just like everybody else. Even if the junior enlisted people don't see it, you know, like we just are. I am more concerned now than ever
1: when it comes to this, uh, the Navy's op tempo isn't going to change regardless of retention and recruiting. Right. The Navy is 100%. the Navy and it is going to yep. run. And it, if it needs more cogs in the wheel, then it's just going to grab hands that are already available and be like, grab onto this cog as Do well. More. And grab onto yeah. this cog. Do more. And we are, we are thinning out any type of safety net that we had that you're discussing already, which already is very dire. It's already a dire situation and now not only is retention and recruitment at horrific lows right now, right and yeah. that's a whole different discussion. let's be very honest like I'm not that guy that sits back and says, this new generation rah, rah, rah. like I'm not that yeah. dude but they it it is different. It is different. These these 18, 19, 20-year-old kids that are joining the Navy have been brought up in their entire lives have been built around mental health and knowing resources and what have you and you got people I'll just use myself for the sake of not pissing anybody off. Like I didn't know what the fuck any of that was. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't share my feelings when I was 18 <laughs> and yeah And for some, for some reason, that made my our generation tougher and go getter, and we mock the
0: younger generation. Made us ignorant.
1: Yet this is the exact thing.
0: Yes. Yeah, they're just smarter than us. That's all that's happening. It's all that ever happens. They're just smarter because they're supposed to be. It's in a natural evolution. evolution. (laughs) Oh my
1: gosh. So listen, I hate to be a dick, but I am looking at 42 missed calls from something oh, that I have bro. to deal with.
0: Go. Yeah. Don't even for a second. Is that like we can do it again. Okay. We can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't even stress out about it, man. I'm okay. happy to like, I'm happy to do this again. This was super, super fun. Um, but yeah,
1: that's, d- I'm it. really grateful that you let me on here share my story. Um, If people want to know, going all the way back to the first long story that I started with two hours ago, if you want to know more about what we do, it's changeunchained.com. C-H-A-N-G-E-U-N-C-H-A-I-N-E-D.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Please, you can... We are a 501 C three. If you want to donate and help us, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more, go to the website. That's it, brother.
0: Definitely. Hell yeah. I'll put it in the show notes, all the links and social media tags and all that. Shit. And, um, just DM them to DM the social media tags. So I get them right. And then, uh, yeah, man, I'll put it all in the show notes and all the social media posts and all that shit to try to help get the word out there. But I appreciate you, man. That's, this was super. You're the this was super Thank fun, Thank you so much for having <laughs> me on here. Hell yeah. Thanks for doing it, man. I, I loved it. I care. loved it. Hell yeah! <laughs> all right, I hope you all enjoyed that. Uh, I, <laughs> me and Troy had a great time. I'm super bummed because there's all these moments we like annotated the clip because uh, they would have been really, they would have been fun uh, clips to po- publish on social media and stuff. But uh, unfortunately, uh, the video didn't play uh, play along. So. Um, but great time i'm sure we'll do it again try to get a stronger internet connection and and make sure everything's on stable footing um so that we get it all get all the content but uh i really had fun talking to troy and i'm extremely confident we'll do it again uh so yeah and you'll you'll definitely be seeing him again soon um and i'll see if i can even rook trey into talking to him as well. But. Uh, but yeah, um, as always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't go up to ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us. Don't come up the ship podcast, or you can DM us on Instagram, Reddit, or discord at D podcast. If you want to support us, you can go to DS There's a donate button on the website, or you can go to don't go up to ship apparel Get yourself some naval pride and heritage gear. You'll actually wear in public. Or you can go to patreon.com slash uh, pick one of the five tiers and become a member today. It helps us uh, tremendously with all the bills and expanding the platform. So we really appreciate that. Uh, if you can't afford to spend any money, it's totally fine. Uh, just like, share, subscribe, and review on all the platforms for all the things. You subscribe to YouTube, share the videos, share the podcast links, tag your friends, share the social media stuff, follow us, all that kind stuff. It all helps leverage the algorithms to get the message out. And we really appreciate it. And that's it that's what I got for you today thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship hey big shout out to our level five patrons William McIver and Victoria Livingood to all the other patrons and everyone that supports us we couldn't do it without you you're allowing us to expand the platform pay all these bills and continue to push out just awesome content for you as much as humanly possible and we really really appreciate you thank you so much